Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host Ryan this week, and joining me as always is Lowercase Crofton. How's it going, Crofton? Hey, it's my new uh, internet name. Makes me seem mysterious and elusive. Yeah. Lowercase Crofton. You know they announced some new Mortal Kombat combatants today, and I thought I was gonna reply um, to your tweet and say like, "Hey, maybe for Halloween you could be Crofton with a K." to celebrate Mortal Kombat, but I felt like that was too much of a leap and uh, people wouldn't really understand it. They might think you're like Jeffrey giraffing it and putting a backwards R or something, you know? Yeah, but then I could usurp your kid show reviews and call them Crofton, Crofton's Kids Corner, yeah. all Ks, triple K. It would be nope. perfect. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, no, no, that you're right. Work. It wouldn't, no, no, it wouldn't work. That nope. would be bad. I, I see it now. I see it. <laughs> yeah. A good thing we shopped that on the show just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. We're work it through. Yeah. That's, that is it. That is definitely one of those, one of those things that I'm sure Mortal Kombat does its best to stay away from is, <laughs> yeah. is alliteration and lining up three. I mean, they love to put case in things, but they just, yeah. they have a rule and it's a rule. Of they're threes. like, it's a, we could do two K's, but not the third. No, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. It's funny that the clans ruined triple K's for everyone. I th- well, yeah. One time, one time I was walking down Elegant Street, which is a major street in Ottawa, and I was going, I was going by this rec center, and uh, and it, they they had a ki- camp for kids. They called it the Crazy Kids Camp. Oh no! And it was, I know it was all K's, and I was like, oh, you didn't see it, but someone's going to tell you. Many people are going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh that is unfortunate, but uh you know they they could they could just change it to the KKC and I think that might that might be a little bit better. Maybe. Uh, although wouldn't it be KCC if they if they did it right? I forgot what the other K was. People kids. love alliteration. Yeah, cool kids um, can't the CKC. Anyways, I, I think that um that's all well and good. Lowercase C, I, I, I let it uh, it'll probably stand for what, a week, two weeks, you'll have something new to are you gonna have your Halloween name next time we, we talk or I don't know. I haven't even figured out anything about Halloween. You and I talked about it before the show about how how we got another episode between now and Halloween, and we'll see what the world looks like. Yeah. Uh, it's already a dystopic hellscape, and we can see uh, if uh, if Halloween is actually happening. Because again, in our sort of touch base on COVID, the um, like w- I get it. Look, we're not in the states. Whatever, there's places that have it much worse than us. But the numbers uh, are way, way up, especially where um, I live in particular. And so now they're all talking about measures and tightening the belt and all this. Uh, we have Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, three day weekend, woot woot coming up. But uh, we're probably not going to be seeing my mom or my brother and his kid and all of that this year. And it really, really sucks, Ryan. Yeah. I think when you look at Thanksgiving in Canada, um, I said to Ashley, we were talking, you know, when October hit and cases were going up, I think today we hit a, an all time record for a single day, uh, in Ontario where I think we hit almost 800. And before all that, I said to Ashley, like, there are some holidays that can kind of fall through the cracks. I mean, let's not waste our COVID energy on Thanksgiving when we know we're going to need it for Christmas. And when I, what I mean by COVID energy is, is the amount of energy it takes that, that you have to exert 
in order to explain to your family members why we wear masks, why we physically distance, why we quarantine if we want to have a face-to-face, you know, what social bubbles are, like basically doing the government's job for them in explaining to people who don't want to understand the precautions we need to take in order to keep cases down. And and when I said, when I just basically, I threw Thanksgiving under the bus, I'm like, let's just not even worry about it. You know, let's, let's, let's focus all of our attention on, on Christmas and prepare for that. And maybe cases will be down by Christmas and we'll be able to, you know, just uh, be a little more safer. So yeah, people are going to lose their shit at Christmas. Like the prime minister himself said, he's like, Oh, you know, we're not going to be able to do Thanksgiving, but we have a shot at Christmas, but a shot at Christmas isn't like, Oh, it's going to be good at Christmas. The numbers could be really bad. And then they could be saying, all right, like you're going to have to, you know, space out at Christmas. And I really do think that's when a lot of people are just going to be like, whatever, you know, and you know, for better, for better or for worse, I think that, uh, um, there's only so much people uh, are are willing to sacrifice. It sounds bad to say, and like people's lives obviously are on the line. Depends on where we're where we're at, but like I, I do think that like um, there'll be some level. I know for our family, I I feel like there's got going to be some level of family gathering at Christmas, mm-hmm. unless like we're at crazy numbers and it's really really risky or something. You yeah. Know? Uh, so I completely understand folks wanting to see their family and I'm right there with them. Um, we, I think just recently we had a, we had a gathering at Ashley's parents and this was before things started to get worse and they took away, I think the, the bubble option, like the social bubble of 10 people. And we went there and I said, and I said to Ashley, like, Oh, I forgot my mask. Um, we should go back and get it. It's like, Oh, you don't need it. We can go inside. Cause we're part of the social bubble. And I was like, Whoa, what? This is, this is outside the ordinary. Um, and it just so happened we were we were still within that 10 social bubble and we've been quarantining and keeping to ourselves. Obviously, that's changed now with with all the changes. But I it, it I imagine weird. you walking, kicking the door open, being like, no mask, baby, and then spitting in everybody's faces. No, you know no, what I Ryan, did? God, I went in and I said, here are the kids. I'm going to go watch TV with Nanny. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that was me. I was like, yeah, finally, some uh, some people Living will watch my kids. Yeah, no, it's true. Because that's what I've been doing for the last six months. Um, I think that I totally get it. I think once Christmas rolls around, I'm right there with you. I agree. If we get to Christmas and we're not able to, like, see our family, even I'm getting to the point, you know, the, the social introvert who wants to stay at home and, and not really hang out with people in real life. Um, I get it. I'm even to that point where I want us to be able to easily have a Christmas dinner like we used to because Easter, yeah, let's focus on the kids, do the Easter egg hunt. Halloween, yeah, let's just do whatever we can do. Thanksgiving, you know, whatever. We'll have Thanksgiving next year. But for some reason, I think Christmas is it's, it's winter. You have to be inside to see these folks. Like a virtual Christmas dinner is like, eh, you know, I don't know. I see both sides of it. I hope things get better obviously we'll continue to talk about it on this show and um but i know i know a lot of people yeah you're gonna get to the point where it's like we we're gonna have to stay as safe as possible we're also gonna have to risk it because at the end of the day like yeah i don't know it's it's tough it's really tough i know there are people who have their loved ones in the hospital and they can't even go and see them right um so like us talking about a, a family dinner i don't know it's it's weird. I hope we eventually get to the point where we can um, we can start having dinners without having to, you know, calculate how many people we've seen in the last uh, 
last week. But you know, I'm going to take a page from the presidential debates and just like have a dinner where I encase myself in plexiglass. Oh yeah, and uh, and I'll just be you know sitting there and say, you know my mom has a hard time hearing me anyway, and so I I'm sure like she'll be able to read my lips through the plexiglass. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, I'm going to take a page from the presidential debates and interrupt me and move us on to the next topic, or at least talk oh, about nice. some... Oh, nice. That would have been a good segue. That would have been a good segue. But anyways, let's do that. Let's talk about something completely unrelated to the previous topic, which is dungeons. Wait, never mind. We're all stuck inside. What are we doing to entertain ourselves, uh, Crofton, with a lowercase c? I see all bold and caps that you've you've gone to you've gone to hell and back. So what's going on? Oh man, Ryan. Uh, so okay, there are, uh, you know, it's it's no news to anyone who listens to this show that I like video games, the video games, uh, and also, uh, you know, it's very easy in the world of video games and in the world of any entertainment product to get hyped for something. And as I am for Cyberpunk, um, like uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I've been following the news about it. I'm like, oh, I'm excited for it. Like I gold. anticipate it. Uh, yes, it's gone gold. I've marked my calendar. I'm excited. I I, I want to play it. Um, there's other games like that throughout the year where it's like, oh man, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to this game coming out. Then every once in a while, a game comes out in which that I was really not paying any attention to it or thinking about it or what have you comes out. Maybe I was aware of it ex- of its existence, uh, often not, and then reviews start coming in and they're they're glowing or what have you and then i'm like well i should give that thing a shot and then i do and oh my god it's amazing and when those moments happen it's just so fun you just are are like you weren't anticipating it it's like a nice surprise it's somebody giving you a gift that you didn't know that you wanted or what have you and so in this case with that preamble the game is called hades um it's a game that's actually been in early access for like a fair amount of time so it's literally something they could have played um for the past year or so but it it came out fully um uh recently and it's made by this company supergiant games which is such a weird company because that type of company doesn't really exist much anymore where it's like an indie studio almost like a, a a band a rock band with like you've got the great story writer the great artist the great voice coach and all and they all come together and they make this they make this game there's not a zillion people that that make the games and they've made bastion transistor all these games in the past i've enjoyed those games but none of them has like clicked hard with me uh i've always wanted them to click more than they did in reality hades is the exception uh it is an amazing game and i will talk about it a little bit more including explaining what it is but before that uh, i just wanted to ask ryan have you heard of the game um do you have any interest in playing it so forth so on questions questions for ryan yeah so hades is a game that i picked up a year ago it was in early access on the epic game store and i think i got it on sale it was before their first price bump while they were in development and i played a little bit of it i've always liked Supergiant games for their art style Bastion was kind of the first, well, it was their first game that really clicked with me. And the other ones since Pyre and Transistor didn't really connect. Um, The art style was still great, but there was just something about the gameplay that didn't keep me attached. But with Hades, I knew there was something there when I played in early access. But for me, early access is I want to get a taste of the game. 
play a little bit as development goes. I did this with Dead Cells, but then really get into it when 1.0 hits. And I've been playing a bunch of it over the last couple weeks since you had mentioned you picked it up on Switch. Um, picking. I'm oh, so you 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 were playing it too? I've been yeah. I've, I've been playing it on PC, and I'm at the point where this might be the first game I buy on another platform specifically because of cross save so cross save isn't in it yet but it is coming between the switch and the pc and for me that would be that that is that is amazing because again like i'm i'm near or at a computer all day so like lately i've been thinking i want to use my gaming pc more but then on the other side of it's like don't want to be in my office i don't want to be in an office chair i want to sit in a couch i want to relax so i've been playing a lot of that's and that's what I'd be doing that all week is sitting on the couch and like, I haven't dug into a game like this for a while, but like pretty much every night kids go to bed and I play the game uh, for a couple of hours. And so I really like, I'm into it. I'm at the final boss. Uh, I've gotten to the final boss, which is, um, but I haven't beat them yet. And, and just, you know, maybe to give some context for listeners who may not know this game, um, what Hades is is a roguelike game or a rogue light game, depending on how you, how you differentiate them, or based on uh, rogue games being uh, games based on this this old pen and paper um, game rogue, where whereas you uh, you die, you start the game over is the concept, right? And there's a lot of these games like Spelunky, Dead Cells, all of this sort of stuff. Um, the light, rogue lights are versions of that where you can upgrade your character between runs. Runs are like you you go, you get further, you get to level three, you get to level four, then you die, you start over. Then maybe you upgrade the health so when you start your next run, your character's a little bit stronger and so forth and so on. The thing I find about roguelikes, so I, I really like them. Like Dead Cells you just mentioned, Ryan, that was I really enjoy that. Often they they feel really fun to play. Often they're fun games uh, that you enjoy. And then there's this suspense, and every run is different. The concept that every run is different. There's a lot of randomization. Hades, it's kind of like you're fighting out of hell. Uh, you start at the lowest levels, and you're going trying to go up towards the surface. And that way, while it doesn't share Diablo's aesthetic, it is it is a similar you know in the in the sense of these. Um, was underworld sort of stuff it's isometric combat uh very actiony uh you can attack you can throw a, a magic spell you can you have a special uh depending on your weapon you're always the same character with the son of hades he's trying to reject his father and escape and so the story is actually good and there's a wide cast of characters because in your escape you're supported by all these gods right and um the gods there's the gods of the underworld and there's hades brothers and sisters who are the gods of olympus you know zeus Ares, all of them and they're mm-hmm. reaching out and they grant extra boons and abilities and stuff to your character so those boons are essentially variant new skills all of which so you get different weapons different boons different upgrades different whatever so every run is different um so that is super addictive and that's the that's the meat and potatoes of a roguelike game it, it each run it's like one more run that one more run feeling that's that's great but what hades does that is so like almost insidious like I, my friend bo is very like gets addicted in these the like he just got to keep playing and playing in a lot of games and what hades does is it eliminates a little bit that hard stop that you have when you play roguelike games. So when you play roguelike games and you die, you're like, screw this game. 
<laughs> I just got really far and now I have to start the whole game over. Forget it. And then you, then you stop. And then the next day you sit down and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this again. And it's fun. Then you eventually die and you quit. Now, what Hades does is when you die, you go back to um, you know the halls of Hades, and that's where all the NPCs and the characters are, all of whom will want to talk to you. Sometimes there's story developments. You know all this, Ryan. You're playing the game, but mm -hmm. more for the listeners. There's story developments, all of that sort of stuff. So you're almost rewarded for dying because you die, and then there's all these th this story that's dumped on you and different things, different stuff unlocks often after different amounts of runs or things that you've done on a previous run in the halls of Hades. And then you arm yourself up, you upgrade, you might give a present to someone to 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 um to like there's like a little mild RPG element there and all, all of this stuff. There's a lot that to, to do in the, the halls of Hades, and then by the time you've done all that stuff, the sting of having died is gone and you're just like, oh, maybe I'll do another run. And so so because of that, it, it gets away with that loop. It, it enables that loop even more so. So then you're back in and then the gameplay is great and all of that. There's nothing that is bad in this game. The music is amazing. The voice acting is amazing. The art style is amazing. The gameplay is amazing and varied. Um, I just, yeah, I can't say enough good things. I really, really enjoy it. I've played a lot this week. I don't think it's a forever game for me. Like some people, like it's designed so that you, I think that you can make it to the surface and then like you do it again and stuff changes. And again, the story unfolds in different ways. I think at one point I, I see myself dropping, but by the time I do drop, I will have put in a sizable amount of time, all of which I will have enjoyed. So that's my, my rant on Hades uh, yeah. there, Ryan. No, it's a, it's a great rant because it's a great game. I think the, the thing about Hades that I really nailed it for me was yes of course the loop um of of gameplay uh dying and coming back uh that initial loop they set up where you're getting these boons and you're getting these conversations with um your uncles and your cousins um is really cool because it it introduces these greek gods and they're all it's greek right i'm trying to think i'm pretty sure it's greek zeus and all that yep yeah greek. So, greek gods and they're all they all have their own personalities and and that was the one thing about super giant games is like their art style and their ability to to give personality to their characters and in this they're giving personality to i'll say characters again like these greek gods in a way that i've not experienced before i mean yeah there there certainly are some some connecting tissues between other takes on Zeus and Hades, but I, you, you feel that family tension between them all. You, you get Achilles in, in hell, who's helping you out with weapons and, and they introduce all these characters to serve a purpose, both in the underworld and on Olympus, which I think is a really cool take on all these characters. And Hades is a character that I don't really have a lot of, you know, um, a lot of experience with, you know, you, you, you hear about, uh, you hear about, you know, or is Hades the God, who's the guy you're playing? It's not Hades. Hades is the God of, uh, the God of the underworld, right? So it's Zagreus. So okay, they yeah, call yeah. him Zag often and he's the son of Hades. Right. So obviously we have experience with Hades, but, um, the main character is Zagreus. I don't know a lot about him from the, from the Greek perspective. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a new character. I think he must be based on, Greek mythology, I'm guessing. That's just a guess. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't know. Yeah. I, I will say I will say to your point though about the characters, one thing that is so amazing about the game, in terms of a studio, studio size being able to make a game like this, is that um so you know, a listener who's hearing this might be like, well, you know, if you're if you're doing this game and you're going over and over and you're doing the same runs over and over, you go to level one, two, and three, you're going up through hell, you must be fighting the same bosses and meeting the same characters. What is so crazy is that is that they they customize it so that every time you meet the boss of the first world, you have a conversation with them. And it's different. I've never had the same conversation. I've done like 30 runs, you know? It's crazy. Um, it now the reality is when you get the boons and you you the boons is when you interact with these these olympus gods you're not in person with them you're getting their symbols uh, and then you get all the characters in this they're uh, it's amazing art but like let's be honest like they don't have to do a lot of animation or anything it's all on the strength of voice acting sound effects script and a and and a picture because each character is a picture in the way that those like uh, interactive you know JR uh, novels are like the the Japanese dating sims and all of that where where it's like really you see a character and you see the words underneath that they're saying in this case what's so crazy is the quality of the voice acting the quality of the script the amount of text and all of this makes it so that you don't you barely even notice that these characters never like you never see them walk or move they're always just standing there and then you interact with them you know other than the the bosses but yet the world as you say ryan feels so immensely rich and it's crazy like um it, it just goes to show you what you can do with solid uh voice acting and writing uh i think and yeah. art obviously yeah i think that's a really good point the way that there are only so many characters at least early on that are represented in their sort of 3d models and the rest are just 2d art that uh that kind of um i would say shift between certain poses uh each time you encounter them but the other thing about this being a, a rogue is it a roguelite or a roguelike i always mix that up i'm just gonna say it's it's a a roguelike is a game that is super hardcore like rogue so spelunky i think is a roguelike uh, it's like it's essentially you you can do no upgrading to your character between runs a rogue light light is is something that's like a rogue game sort of you're doing these runs but your guys getting stronger between runs and therefore it makes it easier over uh, time so okay. it's a rogue light so this being a road light rogue light i think the thing that i really appreciate about it is that not only are you carrying power forward you're carrying forward story so when you interact with the first boss over and over again even after you've you've defeated her um that is acknowledged and acknowledged in a, in a really fun uh, way you get a sense that there's a lot of history between these characters as they're moving through uh, as you're moving through the game and it's a great pickup like if this is a this is obviously a part parenting podcast and i mean this game should get extra bonus points for its constant auto saving and the ability to quit out at any time and know that you are going to have your progression saved and I was wondering where you were going with that when you started no, with this is a parenting podcast. I'm like, it's either he's going to say you this is a good game to play with your no. kids, which it's not, <laughs> it's not. or he's going to say Hades is a really great father, which he's not. No, um, so so I'm just like, what? It's like the auto saving. Yes, that is good. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is basically, I think, and coupled with the idea that they will have cross save on Switch, um, and you're playing on Switch, you're playing on the ultimate, you know, shutter down 
console, just hit the power button and you're back to where you were. I think that when you factor that in, this is a really good game to, if you want, if you're looking for quick hits, I think that's something that really I've been struggling with, with games is like, I really want to play obsidians the outer worlds um but i don't have 10 hours to get back up to where i was before on the xbox because i want to play it on the pc so i played a little bit and i'm like i'm there's no way i'm going to be able to carve out 10 hours plus you know play something new for gamers in or you know watch a movie or something so i dropped it i eventually i can't i can't do this right now but i what i went to hades and i was like oh this is something i can play 20 minutes to an hour each night and make progression and i'm surprised how quickly i moved i i'm i'm now into the second or third area and kind of bouncing through it and i love the characters i love the just the character of the world it's really great and i kind of don't want to finish it because i'm with you like i think a i've been getting to the point where i'll play it for an hour and be like okay those are my two runs i'm good i'm out um i can't play it you know indefinitely like some folks just until you're you're too tired to keep going. But I think really like a cross save function with the switch. I, I don't want to beat it until I am able to purchase it on the, on the switch Are so you, I can play on both. I enjoy it on the switch, but I'm playing with the pro controller on a TV. I honestly don't know. Like it's such a, a twitchy movie game, like mm-hmm. a lot, very action packed. I don't know how it would play in portable mode. I'm not sure that I'd even want to. There's a fair amount of detail on the screen at any time too. Like, I feel like I yeah. would have to squint. Uh, you know, it's not really, great for that so in in that sense i i would say like if you're playing it on a big screen with a good controller that is what you want to do um i i i will say though that ryan i don't know about you like it sounds like you're able to quit mid-run i cannot i Hmm. have to quit from the house of hades i cannot stop in the middle of a run and um if i do i did one time and if i do and i come back i'm going to die immediately like um so i got to the third area which is pretty far and then i you know i i powered down and i went to bed and then the next day i'm like where am i again oh i'm in the third area and you have a different loadout every time and 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 all of this and i'm starting to play and yeah i died pretty quick and i was frustrated uh so now i just play through full runs the thing is to finish the game or to get to the boss of the game you're essentially playing an hour of a run so i am now at the point where i'm regularly making it to the boss of the game and he's killing me uh, yeah. uh, I, and so when that happens or the boss of the game i say the boss but i not that I've been spoiled on everything, but I know that the game doesn't necessarily end when you you defeat the the boss. Um, but but for me, it's just like then I'm I'm like I've spent an hour. I'm doing an hour run. So if I do one more run, say I do 10, 15 minutes in the house of Hades, looking around and all that, and then I'm like, oh, I'll go again. Well, just doing two runs is two hours and fifteen minutes. You know, it really it really piles up. Um, and so uh, so in terms of time, but it's always time I enjoy. I'm never regretful of it. And even when I die, like fairly way earlier than I expected, often I'm just like, oh, you know what? Like maybe that wasn't a good build, a character build. Um, it's better this way. I, I'm never mad at the game. Um, and uh, yeah, just all, all told, like I've gushed about it enough. I don't gush about every game. So I just say this is not an expensive game. Um, it's it's not like an, an $80 game. It's like a $30 or something game um, in Canada. And o- honestly, for me, um, the value proposition there has been so huge. It's been 
you know, beyond well worth the money. And uh, I just say that if you are one of those people that has a really hard time stepping away from something, you know, fairly addictive, you might want to think hard about this one because it's, it's, it's made in a way that you just want to keep playing, do one more run, like the one more turn civilization thing. So I would just give that disclaimer. I give it to my friend, Bo, it didn't stop him. And now he's knee deep in hell. But whatever, it's I a know. good game. It's it's a great game, and and yes, I agree. I I think me jumping out mid. My point of of just jumping out with the auto saves is like if you gotta go, you can go, and yeah. not to worry about it. But uh, I agree. If you do jump out midstream, you are gonna probably have a learning curve going back in. Um. So yeah, it's a great game. Definitely worth checking out, and it runs fine on. That was my one concern about the Switch. Is it, how does it run on the Switch? It's it's smooth, flawless. Like how's it run? So. I like, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not the best for judging that sort of thing. Like, it seems awesome. Uh, but like, you know, people will be like, well, there's frame rate, frame rate drops here and there. And I'm like, there may very well be when it gets crazy. I don't really know or notice. And if there is a frame rate drop, it probably is beneficial to me because I probably survive longer. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I have heard other podcasts where they say, oh, the PC version silky smooth and the switch is mostly smooth, but there's some, some issues. I don't notice them at all. For me, it's just looks gorgeous and perfect. The only thing that makes it feel a little alien compared to the other games i'm playing on switch is it is you know it's art art style is like a painterly background high high on detail and just looking at it sometimes um on my tv i feel like it looks like a game it looks like a pc game to me like it Mm -hmm. feels like it feels like a pc game uh and it's it's weird um playing it on the nintendo console but it feels really good like with the pro controller and all that love it love it love it so yeah yeah i think that you can keep asking me questions and i will keep talking about hades for like an hour you can get me going you know i was well i I will not tempt you further because i i think i've uh i i I, that's what i wanted to hear i mean honestly like if you aren't noticing a core issue with it with playing it on switch i think that would be the biggest thing for me is is swapping between the Xbox controller and the and the Switch Pro controller, um, going back and forth between PC and and Switch, but sounds like you're having a lot of fun with it. Um, in terms of my dungeons, uh, this is this is a, a fairly fresh one for me, but but content that's been around for seven plus years is uh, Shit's Creek on Netflix. Uh, I've been watching it. I know as a Canadian, you'd think, hey, don't you watch all the good shows right off the bat? Like I don't watch Letterkenny. I haven't watched uh, Trailer Park Boys, but Schitt's Creek's one of those shows that has kind of permeated outside of Canada and for good for good reason. I mean, it's got Eugene Levy as as the main character. It's got the Catherine O'Hara as the mother and uh, you know, Eugene's um son, Danny Levy is 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 also playing his son in the show. And I mean, have you seen Schitt's Creek cuz if like again, this is an older show, so I'm imagining you've at least heard of it. So I here's the I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. Um I I am at the point obviously where I would like to to watch it because I've heard so many good things and let let's be honest here as Canadians we should probably have our like my citizenship should be revoked or something for not having seen it the the thing is um it just swept it set a, a bunch of awards at the uh, records uh, at the Emmys recently mm-hmm. um most awards for a comedy series and this is like ever at a single Emmys including you know, shows like Cheers and, and Seinfeld and the uh, UK office that did very, very well. 
Um, never has a show performed as well as as the re- most recent se- season of this show did. Um, I, the reason, and this is going to make me, there's no good way to say this. The reason that I have not watched the show is because I discriminate against Canadian shows. Mm-hmm. And um, that is something that we in Canada have done for a really long time. It used to be that when, when a Canadian show came out, especially on the CBC or whatever, it was by and large a garbage show, or it was like it was a show that was like it, it, it's like looks like it was made in a garage or something like that. And some of them had their hokey charm, but they're they're really like they would be often cringeworthy. So when a show comes out for Canadian broadcaster called Shits Creek, which is essentially based on the expression "up Shits Creek without a paddle," um, and is like an eye roll of a title to begin with, you're like, "Oh, here we go again, Canada." And the concept <laughs> of the show uh, is that like this family bought this town as a laugh, and then they and and, and uh, they're rich, and then they lose their money, and they have to move to the town, and ha ha ha. I was just like, oh, God. And then the original reviews that came in for season one were like, "Uh, you know, it's kind of better than you'd think, but maybe not great. So I was like, that's all I need to hear. I'm already prejudiced against Canadian shows. I'm not going to watch this thing. Then somewhere, like, it got picked up by, like, American channels or something. And then somewhere over time, like, obviously shows get better season to season, um, like, the, it, it started picking up momentum and people were talking about it and saying, hey, this is actually, you know, a pretty good show. And by the time it became the best show ever, which is what it essentially now is now, I have co- completely missed the boat on it. So I'm going to have to start like you from the beginning. Um, and, uh, and I feel bad about not supporting this thing that is really um, a huge Canadian uh, hit and that we should be proud of and that I, I'm sure is a great show, but I totally missed the boat on it. Uh, so I'm curious your opinions about the early episodes in the early season. Does it come out the gate hot or does it come out the gate, you know, sort of like weird? I, I you know, for lack of a better term. I think weird for the lack of a better term is is a great starting point for, for Schitt's Creek. I, I think when you think of Eugene Levy, who is probably the actor you're most familiar with. And then, and then obviously Catherine O'Hara, I think is her name. She's the mom from uh, home alone. And the show starts off, I think a little rough because you're introduced to this family. Um, some are dealing with it better than others that have had all their money taken away from them, not from their own doing, but from some like their businessman and basically siphoned cash, didn't pay taxes and they lost everything. So, um, and uh, you know, they're not on the hook, they're not in trouble, but all their assets have been taken outside of this town that the government didn't take because they deemed it worthless, but it gave them a place to stay. Otherwise giving them a reason to have a, have a sitcom. And then I think the reason I jumped, because I actually watched it earlier when it first came to Netflix, and that was its big pivot moment, is when it came to Netflix and everyone was all about it. Another CBC show, this is another thing. This is CBC. This isn't CTV. This isn't like more of the, you know, privately owned broadcasters that are that are making TV similar to um, what you'd see on network television in the States. This is CBC, the publicly funded one. And um, I sh- I'm sure they get private funding as well. But CBC content I think has really changed lately and their scripted shows have actually started to get big in the States, I think, and, and worldwide for that matter, thanks to streaming services like Netflix and with uh, Letterkenny specifically, it's a Crave show. So when you look at 
you know, Schitt's Creek. Another CBC one is uh, Working Moms, which is a uh, a series that Ashley started watching and, I, and I've been watching with her on occasion. It's also on Netflix. That one is um it, that one and Schitt's Creek kind of shows like, wow, CBC really doesn't care if people swear or even nudity for that matter. I mean, there's none in Schitt's Creek, but Working Moms has uh, has nudity in it, which is very weird to see, you know, next to the CBC logo. And like, just kind of different when you think about what CBC is. To me, CBC is Hockey Night in Canada, but evidently it's also <laughs> no ratings <laughs> type shows. Um, but uh, Schitt's Creek, it, it's one of those things where when you look at a lot of the streaming services, they're offering more mature content. And that mature content is usually in the form of dramas or thrillers or suspense or investigative shows. Um, there isn't a lot of comedy. And and if there is, it's not comedy that I really enjoy. But Schitt's Creek has been, now that it's over, it's been really nice to start watching it again because it is comedy I really like. Because the first episode very much is dealing with this family that's been used to prim and proper and everything provided for them and just riches. And over the course of the first four episodes, first two or three episodes, those characters begin to realize like, oh, we're stuck here. And obviously the parents, I think, you know, Eugene Levy's character comes around much quicker because he seems to be the most put together guy. Um, And then I think the other characters are starting to come around too. So like they don't wallow in it for very long. Uh, um, The kids do obviously because they're spoiled brats, but they don't wallow in it completely like, ah, what was me? We were rich and now we're now we're we're dirt poor. Another character actor that's in it is Chris Elliott, and he plays the mayor of Schitt's Creek. Haven't seen that guy in a long time. Like it's nice to see him in a show, which is I mean, I remember him from Scary Movie Two, and that's really all I remember him from. Uh, he's the like, And the, I remember Chris Elliott was in everything at one point. I know. Like, I think you I think he was in there's something about Mary and Yes, he was a lot. He's in, yeah, he's in a bunch of movies around that time. Yeah, so he's in this and he he's really good. I, I think like you know, Canadian television, I completely agree with you. Like, uh, I, a lot of people might say, oh, well, we should be the first ones to enjoy it and support it. There was another show way back in the day when I was a kid that I really liked, which was um, Corner Gas, which is another cult Canadian classic. I don't think it really Man. made it outside of Canada, but no. it was a lot of fun, and I really liked that show. Um, Corner Gas was on CTV, but it is, like, very much, when I saw Shit's Creek, I'm like, this is, like, Corner <laughs> Gas 2.0. That was my, origi- that was my original it's thought. Like, <laughs> it's I, a little... I, it's a little more highbrow than than Corner Gas. Like, Corner Gas are character, caricatures. Like, I suppose this is as well, but I think, like, it's only... in. In Schitt's Creek, they're only they only feel like caricatures because they're put to get they're put side by side with the other the other version of it, like the really rich people next to you know the people just making a living, right? And I think it does show those polar opposites, and it and it and it sort of heightens them both in a weird way. But the show is starting to even out, and they're shorter seasons. We're not talking about like a twenty six episode. See, at least the first season is a shorter amount. But I've just it's been Where nice are you to have at? A comedy. Um, we're about halfway through the first season, so we're still working our way through it. I saw a tweet the other day about somebody saying like, 
like if they could wipe their mind and watch shit shit's creek over again or or no they were saying what was it they were saying that they would have really liked it like they don't normally want to see a show like just run into the ground with too many episodes like the office sort of was at the end but that if they would want that for shit's creek and they would keep watching and all of that so i there's mm. clearly people that enjoy it a, a lot and i think that it you know it builds and builds so i i I know that those character-based comedies make me feel really good. I've talked on the show before about stuff like the Michael Schur stuff, the um, the the Good Place, the Brooklyn Nine Nines, the Parks and Rec, all of those shows, uh, and I feel like this is a good addition to that. So, like, I, really, when I when I begrudge it, and and it's really based on my preconceptions and not the quality of the show, which I'm sure is really good. So, I I am I'm interested to hear more as you get further into. Uh, oh no! Wait, wait. How can I phrase this? Uh, I'm interested to hear more once you're further up Shit's Creek. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you did it. Yeah. No, we're gonna keep watching it. It's been nice to sort of have a comedy outside of you know we we started up watching Succession, which was another show people like talk up a lot, but that one's very much like um like it's literally Adam McKay's show, and uh, it's more I thought it'd be funnier, but really it's just kind of. These are a bunch of rich assholes, so we'll see. Maybe maybe people can write in. That one's definitely, I think you got to go past the first episode because they're setting up a lot of these, like, uh, asshole rich people. But, um, and yeah, so it, we'll watch more of it. I'll report back. I, I, it feels weird, again, like, it feels weird as a Canadian saying, um, and, and hearing from my American friends, oh, shit's Creek, so great, so great. And then I feel like I'm usually ahead of this when it comes to Canadian content. Um, but, uh I'm happy to catch up, but I'm probably not going to watch Letterkenny. I don't I don't know if I can stand that type of Canadian comedy. Um, but before we delve, I shouldn't say delve into the diapers, but change some diapers, I do want to remind folks that Extra Life is happening. It's happening right now. You got a taste of it on our last episode when we previewed the kids show review or a catch your name. If anyone has a catch your name, let us know. Um, we're taking $20 donations to my extra life campaign and I will watch the first episode of the kids show. And depending on the quality of it, maybe Crofton will watch it as well with his kids. And we will review that show on, or that episode and the greater show on Dungeons and Diapers on an episode. And we will include clips to kind of help us out and extenuate how crazy these characters are and how wacky kids television is. But, uh, yeah, you can go to bit.ly slash extra life Ryan to donate Super simple. You can just choose donate and then hit and uh, hit the donate button. Choose the uh, Dungeons and Diapers incentive, and it fills it all right out for you. And just write in the show there that you want us to cover, and we'll cover in an upcoming episode. Related to that, uh, my next personal milestone of five hundred dollars is to stream games with the kids. So we will probably end up playing something Mario, um, Paper Mario, or Three D All Stars. We're not sure, but uh, they're excited about that, and we'll probably certainly hit that goal and. Uh, We'll do that. But uh, Crofton, let's change some diapers. Let's let's mosey on over here to the diaper section. Uh, you've been playing more Mario Galaxy, which my kids lovingly refer to as Space Mario, which is oh, likely yeah. a game that we'll sense. play uh, on the stream I just mentioned. But how is it going with uh, more Mario Galaxy? So one thing I realized is that I, I, I think I never finished Mario Galaxy originally. Um, on the Wii, like I, I, something else came out at that time. I had done a lot of the galaxies. I think I might've even replayed it twice and dropped it about the same spot. There's a point essentially where you have enough stars collected in which you can 
trigger the end game boss battle. And I just never did because I kept collecting stars. It's like, oh, I don't want it to end. I'll finish this stuff. But then I just never finished the game. So this time Gwen wasn't patient. She was like, well, we can save Princess Peach. Let's do it. What the hell are we doing? And I, <laughs> and I, I was like, well, I want to collect other stars. And she's like, who gives a shit? But no, it, and she was to that extent, she was somewhat right. She didn't know per se that the game would continue afterwards. Um, and it doesn't really like you get booted out to the main screen once you beat the game um the one thing i'll say about mario galaxy um having played mario odyssey fairly recently mario galaxy is tough as shit sometimes yeah. <laughs> and uh it, i had forgotten that now it for the most part they they block it a little bit like you can you can get the um, there's a easy stars and you can get enough to do what you need to do mostly but the boss level the boss level of the of of bowser's uh castle sort of the the end end game part man it was so hard now i beat i i I beat bowser very easily but that end level i was like this is a brutal like obviously nothing that a kid could possibly play um uh, just very very difficult so i was uh i was a little surprised by that and it threw me back to how like yeah mario used to have a sizable amount of challenge and has just been getting you know kind of easier and easier but and now we're back we're back into the game and we're collecting stars but we've got we've got to the point essentially where now we have um just a really annoying stars to do or very difficult ones for the most part including these new purple collectathon ones where there's 50 coins hidden in the level and you got to get them but if you die at or no sorry 99 coins or 100 coins if you die at 99 coins well you got to redo them all and so it's very frustrating so i think we may drop soon like we only have tw- there's a new number on the floor that says how many stars i think are left before you unlock some sort of special thing i don't know what it is but we have like 20 stars left so we're really at the I think near near the end of the game, uh, but I can already feel that Gwen is less interested in playing because every time I'm like, okay, let's go for this star, and it's super annoying or very difficult, um, and I don't think she has a you know a lot of tolerance. Plus, she's she's you know eyeing the Mario goes to the beach of Mario Sunshine in the menu and being like, when are we going to play that? So I think Mario Galaxy may be near the end of the rope, uh, end of its ropes, but man, that is a really good game. A lot of fun. Uh, and honestly, like uh, alternating between that and Hades, I'm just like, wow, video games are so awesome, you know? Um, so. Yeah. Well, I, it's interesting that, uh, I mean, maybe it's the fact that, you're, you know, Gwen knows there are two other Mario games they can jump into and be like, enough of this space adventuring. We got all the real stars um, and we're sick of seeing Daddy swear under his breath. Um, let's go to another one. And I I think with with my kids, they're jumping in between the three like they well, they're jumping in between Sunshine and, and Galaxy. Uh, they're not too fond of Super Mario 64. I don't know if it, it looks so different, like early 3D stuff just looks so different. The the jump in quality between 64 and sunshine is just it's crazy and uh sunshine certainly got a better bump than than the 64 game did but yeah i think when it comes to mario games i've never been interested in 100%ing them i've always been get get a majority of the stars like i think when the stars are are too complex or collectathons 
or just straight up like there i know there are going to be advanced challenge levels in sunshine that i am not even going to attempt past the first couple tries like there's fun mario and then there's the frustrating mario and uh especially with those controls like all of these games are crippled by some sort of control mechanism that uh that i i cannot imagine sort of uh even kids trying to to play around with i mean are you how are you involving you know gwen with the, with these games is she able to run around and control mario or are you doing the co-star thing so you know that's a good that's a good point ryan it's really the thing i should have led with in the diaper section yeah. is we're doing the co-star thing so the good. co-star is that the second player and gwen doesn't want to be in danger and like nintendo has gotten so good at that lately with the guigis of uh, luigi's mansion or the um the hat in in odyssey uh there's so many ways that the second player can interact without uh being in you know being in danger and um uh in this case though it's sort of um one of the first games that had this where it's like somebody would have the wee pointer and they would be able to point and collect stars um bits star bits and throw them at enemies and stuff and so she very much it after a rough start she really very much enjoys that and like it's really a partnership she feels like we're a team and honestly she really does help um we're doing this boss kind of rush mode where there's i have one health and i'll die i have to beat this boss without getting hit once and the boss throws all these rocks at me and she can actually shoot the star bits and destroy the rocks before they hit me and she's been really really um good at it and really helpful but at the same time yeah, I know Mario Sunshine doesn't have that. Like, and she's not going to want to play. She she's kind of scared and nervous and whatever, and she's not going to want to play Mario Sunshine. And I'm going to start playing it, and then she's going to be like, "What do I do?" She's used to having something to do, and the answer is nothing. You either play or you watch, you know. And uh, I I'm I'm not sure how long that's going to last. She's already moved back to Animal Crossing for the Halloween season, picking pumpkins and collecting candy and i will say animal crossing amazing game we're in a covid situation halloween could be ruined she's enjoying halloween she's making a haunted house in uh, the halloween island in the island she's made her whole house black and, and um uh and uh has put all sorts of halloween decor on it and she loves it but i will say that i personally i'm sick to hell of animal crossing and don't want to play it anymore so she's like let's go down and play animal crossing and the two players mode is so crappy because one person's not the leader and is getting dragged around by the other so i'm always pushing mario i'm like well maybe you should get those last stars of mario galaxy and she's like oh you mean the one where you're standing on the rolling ball and you fall off the side and swear <laughs> over and over? I'm like, that one? I'm like, oh, okay, let's play Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that Halloween update is so good. But I, the kids, the kids aren't really, you know, I don't think the kids are at a point where they, where they want to actively play a game. They're still in the stage of wanting to, to, um, to play with me. And I think that's where that, where I've started to see that shift is not necessarily with a video game, but is with, uh, I picked up the Super Mario Lego starter kit, um, for Caden. And I wasn't originally going to, even though I am a huge fan of Nintendo and a huge fan of putting Nintendo stuff on shelves, um, to, to look at on occasion. So this starter kit while being, it was $80 with tax, $80 Canadian, but Lego's expensive. So, but this is an interactive kit. And I, again, I wasn't going to buy it unless 
until Caden and Abigail were old enough to play with Lego. So Ashley brought out her Lego table from under the stairs and uh, that she built, I think, when Caden was one and immediately went under the stairs once we realized, like, okay, Lego's not going to be happening for a bit. But then she brought out the Lego, some bins, and they've been playing with it. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe this is the right time. So we bought the starter kit, have it sitting right here. And it comes with pretty much everything you need to right off the bat. It, it is a true starter kit. You don't, you would only, if I'll say this, don't, don't, don't tell your kids there are other sets. <laughs> this is like Paw Patrol all over again. Once they realize that they make toys <laughs> every time they have a new thing on screen, um, <laughs> that was the mistake we made. I think Caden, how did he figure it out? I think we showed, I think I showed it to him. I get excited when my kids are excited. So I was like, let's look at some Paw Patrol toys. Like we don't go to stores even before COVID. We don't go to stores and go down the toy aisle. We don't have commercials because we watch Netflix. So when he saw all these Paw Patrol toys, he's like, he would constantly ask for them. He's like, oh, can we check the stock for the Mighty Pup Tower? Because that's what we would use as an excuse not to get it. You know, he's too young to kind of explain like, well, you got we can't afford it or we don't want to buy it. It's expensive. Wait for your birthday. But even then it's still too expensive. Um, so we just told him it was sold out. So with these Lego sets, like if you're just buying the starter kit, that's been really good for him. And I, you know, it comes with the starter pipe. It comes with all the pieces to connect your, a bunch of little islands and it comes with baby Bowser and, or Bowser Jr. And it comes with a goalpost and some different objects to kind of create a course. Um, and there's a Goomba as well. And Mario is totally interactive. Like he jumps around if he, he has a light sensor on the bottom. So if he's over green, there's grass. And if he's on blue, it's water. And if he's on red, it's lava. And he reacts to all of them with sound bites and stuff. And what I thought would end up being the case is I'd set up the course and Caden would kind of go through it. But eventually he's been building the course, putting Mario through it, then tearing apart the course, rebuilding it. And it's been really cool to see him do that and build different courses every time. I mean, Gwen would probably absolutely love this. I don't know if she's already into Lego, um, but she would really dig it. Like, she's probably at that age where she would fully get into all of it. You know, the courses, the finishing the courses and, and actually doing it, quote unquote, properly. But um, Caden's been really got, digging it. Yeah, we just got this Lego mat. Um, it's sort of like a big sort of... Uh, she has a lot of Lego pieces, but not not necessarily places to click them in, I guess. So we got mm. this big mat. She seems interested in it, but she hasn't bitten entirely yet. But I, I will keep that in mind because I haven't really thought about the Lego games uh, and the Lego stuff in terms of playing with her. But that it, she's she is engaged. She just doesn't want to feel endangered in video games. You know, like she doesn't. She, um, you know, she likes she likes. In being invincible and and all of that and i think that they would offer you know the even if she even did and in terms of making you know like she even did a bit of mario maker a, a while back she tried to do make her own level it was like ridiculous but well these are um like these are physical sets though right like that's what i, I like i mean they're physical Lego right. pieces, and the right? And the sorry, um, yeah, I know I I conflated the two things, but the, the the for for her, it's like we have Lego. It's just that the mat that we bought we just bought oh, this week um, is so that the pieces can can actually you know, can, stay in one spot. Yeah, stay in one spot, or act, but like it's also to engage her on it a, a little bit because you know she has all these pieces and like she wasn't. She, 
she would sort of put a few pieces together and then kind of drop on it. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like if she could build little towns and she could build little things, then she would be more prone to engaging with it longer. Right. And I think like what you're doing by getting these kits, which I think is great, is also setting yourself up for, you know, it will be winter soon and we are all going to be trapped inside and we need stuff for our kids to do. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I think that uh, for us, it'll, it'll be something to, for us to definitely consider as Christmas comes around and my wife is already getting big into planning stockings and stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, I, uh, yeah, I need to get that Lego mat, like whatever you got for that. Cause that was one of the things we've run into is when you're building the levels, they don't like to stay in one spot. So it'd be really nice to have like a base layer that you can kind of snap everything into. I mean, once you get everything secure, they kind of do stick in one spot. But I find that um, they do slide around a bit and come disconnected. And and if you have like a four or five year old playing with it and kind of moving through the course as Mario and you're touching everything, like it's going to come apart as you kind of move things around. So that was the one thing that I noticed. So I have to look into like a sort of what you're talking about, like a Lego mat, but, um, just on an, just as an aside on mm -hmm. that, because you've got the, because, you know, you like me, um, have gotten your kids into Mario in, in different mediums. Like now you've got the Lego mat, you've got the Lego kits and you've got them in games. Next thing you know, you'll be buying those cars for Mario Kart that you can drive around in your living room. (laughs) Um, but like the, uh, all I'm saying is like my daughter is now, Based on on my interest in and in, in the fact that Nintendo is like the Disney of video games is really like big into um, Nintendo stuff. Like she, that's what she knows and identifies with. And it's just funny because I saw the images of the the Japan Nintendo Park that's that's opening uh, soon. It's like a an amusement park in Japan devoted to Nintendo, like Disney World, except Nintendo figures and stuff, Nintendo uh, based uh, park. Hmm. And when I looked at it, I was like, Oh man, right now, Gwen would love that more than any. Cause she, we don't have Disney plus right now. She's not big into Disney movies. You know, she's only six. So a lot of them were kind of scary or I, you know, when she's four or five, like she was into frozen a bit, but like, Really, she wasn't into this stuff, but she's really into Mario and the Mushroom Kingdom and all of that stuff. Like, and because I'm a big nerd and big gamer, she's into this stuff as well. And and now you've got them playing with Legos, and you know, like it's just for sure they probably ap- appreciate the Mario stuff more than they do like almost well, aside from Paw Patrol, almost any TV show. I think, yeah i I think Mario is. You know, when I told Caden they're working on a they're working on a Mario movie from the minions folks and he's like oh that's amazing and and i told him they're also working on a paw patrol movie which which he was excited about as well like i think i think caden and abigail are definitely experiencing and isabel once she's old enough to understand what's going on they're they're experiencing this you know this is what dad likes right like i i don't know if i had that as like obviously my parents were super supportive of of whatever we enjoyed or got into like they were they were very good about that but there wasn't there wasn't yeah. like a there wasn't a hobby or no. an interest passed down from my parents not that they're you know dis disinteresting like they're interesting folks and again like they supported everything we did and the whole reason i got into video games is because of them and the only reason i was able to continue playing games as a kid is because of them i want to make sure they get full credit for that you know they would i would tell my dad like oh we call blockbuster and we reserved super smash brothers again for the weekend and and he'd go get it no problem obviously pay for it as well because like we were kids we 
we didn't we didn't have money right um but it's one of those things where this is this is definitely the kids are are picking up this stuff because of us uh and it's really cool to see but i i don't plan i think i've watched some of the overview videos like the the concept videos for the mario world and but i've but i've basically said to him like yeah that that's in japan i don't see us going there at all or anytime soon for that matter i mean i've always wanted to go to oh japan. i've always wanted to go of, as well yeah it, it was one of the travel things like my wife and i were planning like when when we ended up um getting pregnant with our first like we were already thinking about go, you know going to japan it had been a long time sort of coming and so it's just one of those things like when you do have kids and i think a lot of parents listening will get this is it you know you're going to be able to travel again to some of the places that may, but um, but maybe right now when you have the young kids and diapers and all that is not the time. And so, but but I expect that with our family we will be going to Japan at one point. So it is cool to see. I was like, well, that is something that you know Gwen will like. Um, hopefully she will still like it by the time we go, or she won't be like, ah, oh, Dad, so lame, making me go to the video game place. Oh. I, I'm not six anymore, Dad. I'm eight. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I a, know. Those they grow up rough. so fast. Yeah, evidently. Uh, their opinions <laughs> grow up even faster. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the Super Mario World, the thing that, that comforts me is, like, I think it's more likely for something like that to come to Florida, than which it is. Like, that's the next location they're looking to do, a U.S. location, which I think is Universal Orlando. Um it's more likely to come to to Florida before I'm able to uproot the family and get them over to Japan for a week. Like I, I think Japan is definitely something I, w- I, I would love to go visit, but it would be either when the kids are way older or when the kids have no interest in it's just Ashley and I that go. But I think it's much more likely that we hit up Florida. Um, yeah. Probably Plus talk about you- it next week, but, you know, uh, from a Disney Plus perspective, it- we're experiencing that <laughs> definitely yeah, and, that and, and and if you if you go to florida you know you can also you can also pick up some covid when you're there you know and so <laughs> well, that's the beauty it, we would wait until covid is definitely done because yeah. i don't well, have any intention of going there my feeling is the last place in the world that will be done will be florida <laughs> whereas whereas japan you know we're still good if i have if we have any florida listeners i just want to say look it's no insult to you guys but you're making dumb choices i'm sorry um uh but uh but yeah like um uh, it's just it, it is interesting uh also the way that people come at fr- kids come at franchises now like um this whole conversation makes me think about like like we're getting kids into our kids into mario and we have an impact in that way my parents like yours and we've had this conversation before but they they didn't we didn't necessarily engage with their hobbies or like you know my 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 dad didn't have the same type of child friendly hobbies maybe that I do. Um, and so, uh, but, but I, I just find that, um, that like you see stuff like star Wars and all of that. It used to be that kids would, um, would, or I'm, I'm not saying it was for sure like this, but like you would watch the movie. That would be how you would engage with Star Wars. But now it feels like people come at franchises from all sorts of weird angles because, oh, the movies are too scared for the, scary for the kids. Oh, but this Lego Star Wars video game or this Lego kit of Star Wars or this or this Star Wars animated series or the Star Wars comic book, that's okay. And so like your first exposure to a franchise as a child may not be the thing that, you know, that it used to be. Now, instead of playing Mario a video game, 
it's very possible that somebody's first exposure to Super Mario may be through a Lego kit. You know, it just could happen. Everything is weird now. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It is really weird now. Um, I... I don't know. I don't know what whether the kids will continue to enjoy, you know, Mario or if. But they've they've. It's still early. Like they still enjoy Paw Patrol. Like they they haven't watched Paw Patrol in the longest time. Then I said, oh, they dropped a new season, and then oh, I noticed, bad. oh, they have a Dino thing, and they're all over it. We re, they rewatched the same six five episodes again and again. Like they don't even watch the, want to watch the other new episodes. They just want to watch the Dino. Literally, like, can we watch? Dino rescue man i mean and perfect candidate for a for a kid's show review but it's just it's one of those things where they they jump around and i know they they love the mario stuff i have not been able to get them into many other video game franchises uh but well i do remember the time you tried to get uh caden into the the bullet gang crime fights of spider-man uh and uh and and it didn't go over so why is spider-man punching people daddy well Um, it's one of those they have a yeah spider-man's another one like he loves Spider-Man, but I obviously can't digest a majority of Spider-Man content. You know, we, we you know we, that's right. Exactly. You would have to choose the right. What's the right entry point for, for, you know, like he likes Spider-Man as a figure, but you know, the Spider-Verse sure. isn't, isn't too bad. There are some moments that you kind of have to either explain away or, ex- or explain, but, um, I think it's pretty like I was thinking about that. Like I was looking at Common Sense Media and they had it at like nine years old at plus and I was like, Oh really? And then I I I watched and I, I watched it again and I was like, Oh yeah, there's definitely like this is older there's some older content there. Like there are some Disney shows, like uh, Spider Man shows, animated series that would probably be maybe a little bit better, but but again, it's like you have to be okay with some dudes getting punched in the face, right? Uh, yeah. And and maybe I've been overly sheltering my daughter to that. To, I, to I that think stuff. we we watched a couple of the Disney because we do have Disney Plus and we watched a couple of the Spider Man, the newest animated series for kids. And it's it's got yeah, it's got some fighting, but like it's always, you know, it's always Spider Man against the bad guys. Like it's it's very cut and clear. And um it it requires an explanation and and probably easier just to be, hold off until it's easier to explain that thing but for the most part it's mostly quick quick wit and and you know swinging around type spider-man and and less of the you know the action stuff we see in the movies and the video games right where the video games is primarily um punching dudes in the face and putting them in the hospital with that uh you know, before we before we jump out of here before we close out the show scooters I got to know you got scooters question mark yeah no in, in all this talk of video games and lego and all of this stuff it is fair to say that i we still get outside yeah. <laughs> um and uh it might not be for much longer as the frozen tundra approaches of canada but like the girls uh so i got are really into their scooters right now which is amazing and clara is like two years old and she's scooting like a mad person down these hills it's like i'm running i have to do a full-on run to keep up with her sometimes and uh, it's so cool to see and i've taken all these great photos of my two daughters like side by side scooting together uh gwen giving her scooter lessons to her daughter uh, to her sister uh and uh and now when i go and i pick up Clara from her her daycare at 4:30. Uh it's like, you know, let's scoot 
let's scoot back. And then we're, I'm running and she's scooting. She's got a big smile on her face. So I just wanted to highlight that, uh, if, that scooters have been a big part. We've been avoiding parks and scooters have been a big part of our exercise and activity routine uh, lately. And it's so great to see the girls out on them in the, in, in the nice fall leaves in the fall weather. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, sometimes a fun is what you make it in these times and it can just be a little thing. So uh, um, scooter, bike, whatever, you know, get out, get out there with your kids. You'll, you'll have a, uh, You'll have more fun than you think. I, of course, am in a very enviable position of being in an area with some great scootable streets with little traffic. And I trust the girls and they're doing a great job. So I just wanted to to mention that because so often we spend a lot of time, rightfully so, talking about how amazing Hades is. And then sometimes we should, I should note that, uh, um, that getting outside and and scooting with the girls is is probably still the highlight of my day. Aleo Hades is still very good. You know, you're right. It is very important to note that. And I think um, on that note, the kids have. Uh, funny enough, and I I feel bad sometimes. Some of the stuff that you know we do have a a heavy focus on. Um, you know entertainment content video games movies and stuff and and i do swear like the kids are doing other, like a majority of our of our stuff is is caden school and i've got a some stuff to talk about we'll we'll save that for our next episode because it's it it's it's an interesting topic that both fits into schooling and and sort of electronics but on the outside you're right we have a limited amount of time before canada just descends into you're either trudging through snow or through, you know, a sloppy mess. So you can't really do a lot of the biking and the scooting, but Caden, um, both Caden and Abigail have actually started biking. We picked up a couple of bikes used and, uh, with training wheels and Caden took some time to pick it up. He's had access to a bike for years, no real interest, but then all of a sudden he, he wanted to do it and, and he's been doing it with training wheels and having a great time. And then Abby within a week, of that was like I want to do it too so she was biking right off the bat and she's a speed demon she likes to go fast Caden's kind of like a cautious you know biker I think he's he's more like me and then Abby's more like Ashley where it's just like no if we can go fast we're going fast obviously Abby does not know how to brake because I have to run alongside her (laughs) wait for her to scream when she wants to stop but Uh. (laughs) you know we are running out of warm weather <laughs> so uh it's been really nice to find the time and they've kind of shifted some of his school schedule where we can because we're remote learning from home we can kind of go outside and, and do more of that that biking and uh hiking during recess but it's it's been good it's been really nice to see them biking now too because they they're still at that phase where they get tired from walking so when they're biking they they are more likely to make the whole trek so it's nice it's been a nice change uh crofton let's end it there that's a show um really good show and i'm looking forward to our further discussions of halloween in october as we barrel towards winter i mean we just mentioned we 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 mentioned winter already so it's not like i'm cursing us right but we got canadian thanksgiving to look forward to first you know the greatest thanksgiving of them all the one that's not in november because november sucks and um (laughs) And yeah, and daylight savings. Obviously, we're gonna have to talk about that. That's gonna be another thing that's gonna happen that, to us. Oh, yeah. It's this weekend, buddy. Is Although really? I think it's it's fall back, right? Spring ahead, fall back. So we Isn't should. I think that means we get an hour. I, I don't. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's this weekend. 
But, I don't know. But uh, yeah. Like, don't take my word from it. I'm not a meteorologist. No. I don't even know if they would know. But maybe you're listening to this when it actually changes and you're like, damn it, Crofton. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's call it there. I, I really think, uh, yeah, for all the Canadians and for all those celebrating real Thanksgiving, have a wonderful Thanksgiving long weekend. And if you're listening, if you're American and you actually save this show for the uh, the November Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving. Also, happy Black Friday, I guess. Get some deals. I don't know. It could be worse. It could be Red Thursday with Canadian Tire. So it's a real thing. Look it up. All right. Let's call it there. Uh, you, can visit us our web- you can visit us on our website, tgistudios.com slash dad. You can email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers. Now that's lowercase c. Remember that. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple weeks, and we'll chat with you soon. I'm up Shit's Creek without a paddle!